Set your sail for the orange and blue sea. Yeah. I shot, I scored. I took it off the board, headboard. I boom. Brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. I don't like it unless it's brand new. You might see me in my square with my head. It's pumping my You don't like it when I'm brand new. I don't like it unless it's brand new. This is the Java Men Fighting Illini podcast, Sunday, March 3rd, 2024, presented by the Big Banter Network. I'm here with Java Shaps, Java Spy, also known as. This is Java Suds. This is March, Spy. This is March. How we feeling? We made it. We made it. The Judgment Month. Judgment Month. We have no one from the peed on this pod, by the way. Just me and you tonight. Well, you like to flip-flop back and forth, though, <laughs> so I figure right now, based on the last win, you are firmly sewn in to the <laughs> human centipede, and you can represent them just fine. I will represent them tonight. I've flopped back. They don't call me the fish for nothing, Spy. Mm-hmm. That's why they call me the fish. I like going back and forth. Um, quite the the last week we had. I'm I'm also back from my busy season, by the way. I had a hell of a couple weeks. The Java men were holding down the fort. Couple nice appearances out of you, Shaps, on the on the Big Ten huddle, which was awesome. You guys should go check that out. Coming back from uh, from the cabins under deck here, um, getting some air. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the squad. So let's. I, I think the last time we talked. Shaps, you actually went on the huddle and you were, it was right after the Penn State game, if memory yeah, serves thanks. me right. Yeah, thanks. Good reminder. That that had to be tough, dude. That had to be tough. That <laughs> <It> was awful. <laughs> so awful. Wow. But it was, uh, it was therapy, so. Yeah, that's. Uh, it was good well, timing. If, if you guys like the White Sox, join us. Uh, we're going to kick it off, strap it down. That's my other pod for the White Sox. White Sox therapy. Therapy indeed. So we lose to Penn State, 98-89. We all know how we lost that one. Then we have Iowa at home, 95-85 victory. Minnesota at home, 105-97 victory. Then we go on the road in Madison, 91-83 victory. Yesterday, noon game, Saturday. Just awesome performance by our line eye. Just a common trend from all those ninety plus in all three victories. Talk to me, Shaps. What do you, what do you uh, like about this past week? Well, yeah, the Penn State loss was so brutal for so many reasons. This was basically an easy stretch of the schedule, but I am happy the way we bounce back. Brad seems to be improving. Seems to be learning from his past mistakes making the between-game adjustments and maybe even some in-game adjustments as well that we're some seeing. Some in-game. Some in-game chefs. So very uh, very happy with the bounce back. I thought um, the offense has just taken it to like a whole nother level now, um, just confirming what we started to see. Like once Shannon came back. Yep. We didn't know, okay, is this is this for real, this offense, or are they just kind of on a hot streak? Like, no, this is this is a historic offense for for Illinois in its history. 
Yeah. Number three, I think, in the country now in Ken Palm. Who do uh, we trail? Bama's one, <clears throat> Purdue two? Yeah, and we are like barely behind Purdue. Purdue. It's it's almost even. Um, That's incredible. When, yeah. when Purdue has the most dominant player in college basketball, probably the last 15 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been happy, been happy with the past week after the squad was headed into the armory after that <laughs> Penn State game. And, and I think we were starting to lose some PED members. We were starting to lose some PED members yeah. uh, as well during that time. It was not, it was not looking good heading into March, but now we made it and we are officially 1-0 in March as well. What a massive win yesterday i i thought yesterday i think you tweeted this after the game with the the underwood meme but i i thought yesterday's performance was the best of the year just overall i thought we played good d i think the the final score was not indicative of the d that we played in that game we gave up 83 but i mean what that was probably 10 in garbage for wisconsin yeah. i think yeah. chucky hit a three at the end too at the buzzer yeah, they had a guy who, I don't know if he, he played a minute before that. He came in in like the final minute, that tall white guy. He hit that three. Step, like hit like a step back three. Dude, that was a Contested bomb. out of nowhere. <laughs> I, that, that made me so angry because we were kind of still in range of the lead that we had at Penn State. And that guy comes and he drills at three. And then the announcer, I don't know if you caught this, he goes, that was his first points in the last five games. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. This is so classic. And then I think on that next possession, we had to call timeout to get the ball in. Was that, or maybe it was one before yes. then. Oh, man. Yeah. But no, I, we, I think we, you're right. We closed it out, more importantly, and, and we played an outstanding game. I think there were some def- defensive breakdowns at the end of the first half. But overall, I thought we played pretty solid D. And Wisconsin's got a good offense. I think they're rated pretty high on Ken Palm. So I was happy to see that. Um, just, you said it, Shaps. The offense is incredible. It's literally incredible. Underwood, I don't know if it's Tyler. I think Tyler's taking the reins on offense. I trust that more than and then Brad making this these decisions. But maybe it is Brad. He, he's, uh, he's surprising us at every turn this year. But they are just... Finding the matchup and they are attacking it, and they do not care if it's the same play every play down the court. And I love that. I, I we talked about it earlier. I, probably the third pod of this year, I made a comment. I think you, you, it might have been um, you, myself, and and Joe, Java Joe. But I said behind TSJ, I just don't know from an offensive perspective. I I don't know who's going to be the the number two guy. This was really, if you remember, Damask was. He wasn't doing what he's doing now in the non-conference, which is surprising because that was much easier schedule. And I just, Hawkins has stepped up his game from a scoring perspective. I just didn't see who we were going to get consistent scoring from outside of TSJ. I thought this, I thought this team was going to be a top 20 defensive team, maybe even top 10. And really like outside the top 25 offensively. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, I I think uh yeah, Damask had maybe, you know, one or two games, two big games early on in the season, but there was some games where he kind of just was in the background. And I don't know, I mean, I hate to call it, you know, a, a blessing in disguise cuz it's an awful situation for Terrence. <clears throat> right. 
But as far as the team goes, I think it helped because at least it helped to mask, like find that confidence that yeah, yeah I can guy. I can freaking dominate at this you, level. You hast, you hast mich. You know, and now and it, and it really did change the offense. Where the offense before was basically just get out and run and, yep. and get the ball to to Shannon. Now we do have somewhat of a a a, a half court offense where it's. Basically, just again get the ball to Damask, yep. clear out, and let him create and and find a cutter or you know let the double teams come uh, kick it out to open shooters. Uh, the the transition play of getting the ball to Terrence and letting letting him run as fast as he can and getting fouled is still uh, is still very much available. <laughs> Dude, and still he gets a hacked very great every play. time. He, he gets, gets hacked. killed. Yeah, Heck. he gets crushed, and he just does not care. He throws yeah. himself. Uh, he's 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 like a running back, just running through the hole. He's like Isaiah Pacheco. Like he just doesn't <laughs> stop. He does not care what happens to his body. Uh, it's it's truly incredible to watch, and he's shooting the ball incredibly well from three pointer too. So, yeah, it's it's amazing having just those those different options now instead of just being so one-dimensional um and uh and yeah and and that was kind of the key it, it, it really was like a back and forth game like anytime we went on a run wisconsin would would crawl back you know if wisconsin went on a run we would answer and then once it got under five minutes yep. shannon and damask just took over and it's it's just so hard for teams to keep up with that scoring pace because yeah. we just don't stop we don't stop yeah, scoring they're, dude, they're relentless yeah it's like every time we're we're uh on offense i i feel like we're gonna bucket it, it just feels that way and when we don't score it it feels surprising we just get such good looks too it's not like we're making hard shots i mean don't get me wrong Tomask made some incredible shots like he was <laughs> yeah, in, he was in fadeaways against wall and I, I, we've seen him hit those maybe not at the clip he was hitting them yesterday but the other shot, it's like you said, though, it's like a cutter to the hoop and we're getting layups. It's really, we're just, to me, we're almost like converting on all the layups. We had that, that streak earlier in the year where we, for whatever reason, couldn't finish yeah. and, and we're not, we're not making layups and we, we've seemed to turn that corner and now we're just, we are relentless. And I think that is demoralizing for the other team. And we saw it that, so Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure all those were close to being tied with six minutes or less um, remaining in the game. And Illinois won all three of those games by eight points or more, which means the things that we were worried about with Michigan State, the things we were worried about Penn State finishing at the end of games, is that an in-game adjustment by Brad Shaps? It's just getting the right people on the court. Like let's that's literally it's not But it's you know, an adjustment designing something. Oh it, it is. is on the bench. It is. That's that's a huge part of it is just yeah. having the right people on the floor when it's crunch time. And uh and Brad has has figured it out that y- you can't play goody at the end of games and that's kind of the main key. Um so who that, who finished? So was it the starting lineup with Harmon over <clears throat> Ty yesterday? 
Yes, I believe so. Yeah, Harmon was definitely in at the end, and he he was really good, actually. Um, yeah, he played great. Yeah, he had like a quiet ten points in that game. Um, did pretty good uh, defensively as well, like on on Chucky. But um, yeah, it it it's a great adjustment by Brad. He's he's learning. Obviously, you just gotta have the right people on the court. Um, and like you said, it it just I think it is demoralizing for for other teams because it seem I think it just puts so much pressure on them. They know if they miss a shot on one end, we are probably scoring on the other end, and like that just yeah that that gets exhausting. I think you know like they just they know they have to play perfect, and that just keeps adding more pressure to it. And every time they miss, all of a sudden we're up by five, up by yeah. seven, up by nine, and it's. It's uh, it's just wearing teams down. It seems like, um, Shaps, yeah, Minnesota. I, <clears throat> not to interrupt you here, but no. Minnesota in that game, thirty six of sixty from the field, <laughs> fourteen of twenty from three, and and they had some good looks. Our defense was abysmal, but even if you're wide open for twenty threes, most of the time you're not making fourteen. They lost the game by eight, and that's that they got some garbage points at the end <laughs> yeah Minnesota that, that's had insanity like the, dude it was like their that's best insanity. offensive game <laughs> in like 30 years or something and and they still lost that's just just so demoralizing that's the word the offense is relentless and it's demoralizing <laughs> those are the two big words that we're using how do you uh, go today. 14 of 20 from three and pretty much lose by double digits it's it's really incredible to watch i've I've given up on expecting the defense to improve at this point, truly. Like I'm just We do gotta talk D a little bit, Chip. And what is going well, on? Yeah, we can we can talk about that. I'm just I'm all in on embracing the points. Like you just gotta know. Like this is I tweeted it out, I think. Um like this is this is what Big Twelve football, you know, it's looks so like. It's so fun. It's so fun watching this it's, team. It's hysterical. It's like watching like Caleb Williams at USC last year. <laughs> you know, like he would score like sixty points, but he would yeah. lose uh, by two touchdowns because his defense just could not stop anyone at all. This is basically what we're watching with Illinois right now: a historically terrible defense with a historically incredible <laughs> offense. It's unfortunate we can't get the two things to align, but our offense has basically become our defense. Because anytime we go on like a little bit of a cold streak, like where like, oh, we miss a couple open shots or like we get a little stagnant or something, that's when we get down, you know, like because we're not going to get stops on the other end. Our defense is our offense. If we just keep scoring and keep scoring, eventually uh, we're going to wear them down. But we, we cannot rely on our defense whatsoever anymore. But. I'm here for it. <laughs> we, we've seen we've seen in past years what a great defense has brought us. Not yeah. a whole lot of success. Uh, if we put up points like this, there's just there's not many teams that we can't at least compete with, um, and, lot, and and beat. A lot of similarities um, to last year's Miami team that made the Final Four. Yeah. So it's doable. It's doable, right? And if you're if you're in the Final Four. Anything can happen from there on out. You know what I mean? So I, I agree. I, 
I would I'll take this over an elite defensive team with a poor offense because I think this plays better in March, and I I think we're gonna there's I don't know dare I say second weekend because we're gonna just be able to consistently score in the first and second round and just demoralize the teams by getting easy bucket after easy bucket playing through the mask. So a couple stats for you, Shaps. Iowa game, Hawk drops 30 in this game. Career high. He was incredible. Nico Moretti. Got to get a shout-out to my fellow Italian. Hit the music. Oh, I hit the music. You know I will. Are you kidding me? Nico with nine played, I think he played like the last 11 minutes, played incredible in that game. Adjustment, in-game adjustment from Brad, keeping Nico playing the hot hand, having him close out the game. And probably the reason we, we beat Iowa there at the end. Minnesota game, TSJ with 29. Just <laughs> relentless. Uh, and he's been un- unbelievable. Damask, 22 in that game. If, if TSJ are going 29 and 22, you're not losing many games. And then yesterday, just flip-flop it. Damask, 31, TSJ, 23. Another shout-out to the Dancing Bear. And he lifts his big foot up. He puts his big foot down. And bows and twirls and dances round and round. Feel like he's been playing way better. My guy, Dane, got some run yesterday. He played really well in that Minnesota game. Um, what do you think? You think Dane? I I don't know. I I think it's more of a matchup thing with Dane, right? But you keep him to under you know eight to ten minutes. I think that's a nice range for him. In March, I still get a little nervous when he's on the court. Yeah, the the Minnesota game was good for him for sure with that that line change that that Brad did. Uh, it it might have saved that game. Honestly, was that was it, that Iowa or Minnesota? That was Iowa, right? Oh, am I mixing it up? Was that the Iowa? Yeah, game? I, Iowa was the line <clears throat> change. Okay, you're right. Um, yeah, that was the Moretti. Yeah, uh, but Dane game, was right? still Dane still played well in that game. Yeah. Too. Yeah, but that, but that seems to have have carried forward a little bit, where it just kind of woke up the starters to realize they have to bring it, you know, yeah. every single time, and it it shows that there is some depth there, while you know might be a little underdeveloped right now. It's the problem is they're just not getting a lot of opportunities. Like I I want to see Moretti out there more, but I think he played like one minute. Uh, yesterday in Madison, yeah. he was a little shaky um, too. had had a turnover. That I I thought that was yeah. a good quick pull by Brad. I, I didn't want to mess around with it. Yeah, I think if you're at home, you get a little more rope. Yeah, and maybe Chucky's kind of like a a tougher yeah matchup for him because he's really good defensively and he's he's you know he's real physical. But I think Moretti can be very very helpful in March when you're playing teams that are going to pressure you. Yeah. He, he, he's the only one who can break the press on his own uh, that's on this team. So 
I I I want to see more out of him. Dane in spurts uh can be helpful. Um but it it really just depends on on the matchup really. He he um he didn't last very long yesterday um after the first half and uh and Goody has been kind of the biggest surprise I think too just as far as like being you know one of the first guys off the bench to now becoming yeah. very very limited and I well, feel Goody bad was starting because... too he was starting <clears throat> yeah. when uh, TJ was out right and so I think I think it's so hard when you're a three-point shooter like that and yeah you're not going to get into a rhythm, you know, playing a few minutes a game. And so like you come in and you basically, you miss your first shot or two and it's like, all right, you're done. Yeah. You know, cause he's just so bad defensively. He yep. really is. They had him guard like multiple people, uh, on Wisconsin and every single time they would beat him. It, it didn't matter who he was guarding. They would just attack him. Teams know it now. Uh, it's, it sucks because he is our best three-point shooter, like naturally, but um, his minutes just keep getting more and more limited, um, and we know he can't close games. We've learned that. Uh, but otherwise, the uh, you know, like the big three, Damask, Shannon, and Hawkins, is is clearly going to carry this team. Um, Q is is very much up and down. It seems yeah. like, you know, game to game, even like half to half, I, it it's it's hard to understand why uh, he's struggled on, so much. <laughs> even on the free throws yesterday, he like airballs two free throws and then he goes back and he hits two. He came like, back he, and, and hit. Yeah, we made thir- <laughs> we made 13 straight free throws to close that game out. Wow. By the way. Okay. It, and and Q started it uh, yeah. after his like basically two airballed free throws he came back and hit the next two and then uh we hit like 11 more which, after that which if you have at the end of games you got Domask TJ Coleman I mean I'd rather have TJ and, and Domask on the line but Coleman's been good I know he missed I the think Harmon is the highest Har- and percentage wise I yeah, think he's he, like 89 percent or something he had four <laughs> he was four for four yesterday he doesn't shoot a lot obviously yeah. but he uh, uh, he remi- reminds me a little bit of uh, our guy Castaway RJ at the line. RJ was a really good free throw shooter. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, every time <laughs> we just got to bring him up every episode. Play the Castaway yeah. music there too. Melendez. <laughs> oh man, RJ. Just to uh, all those close- guys. Yeah, all those guys that left. Man, Georgia team's terrible. Georgetown. For our so guy apps, Sky, like what terrible whoever is giving those kids advice, man. Just very, very poor advice. They're getting their shots though, that's for yeah. sure. Well, that's what they're, they wanted. They're, they're shooting twenty shots a game, uh especially Sky and, and Epps. Best Still of luck for him. Best of Best luck. Of- just to close the book on the uh Wisconsin game, Brad really does just own guard. <laughs> that's seven straight now, and the first Against program Garth. ever to win four straight in the Cole Center. That's incredible. That That's honestly incredible. I don't care if you have the best number one team in the country for four straight years. That's hard to do. Yeah. It's extremely hard to do. No one's ever done it before. Just just dominating the cheese. But... I love that, man. 
I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Just what is to it beat about those guys? It's just like Tyler Walls. It's just yeah. his like face. He was um, the, speaking of the you know Brad maybe, Davison and yeah. There's just a long line. Maybe that's why we're using the word so much. But if you there is like one fadeaway shot that Damask hit. Justin Wall, and you could just see Wall's face, and he puts his arms up like, "What? What can I possibly do to stop this?" Isn't Wall bigger than Damas too, by like two inches? That's what not was crazy. By, yeah, not by much. I mean, Wall is—I'll give but him Wall's credit, big, man. He though, is tough. He? No, he's like a six-four, six-five power forward. Wall's only six-five. I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, I—he's th- probably listed as like six-six, but he is not six-six. I don't think he's over. He's, he's listed at 6'9", 6'9", 225. No, there is literally no chance in hell. There's no chance in hell. Dane is like... I don't know, man. He's Dane big. is like 6'10". So, Isn't Wall's he? Coleman got, Hawkins is 6'9". Hawkins is way taller. Domask is listed at 6'6", 215. So according to CBS Sports... There's no chance that Domask was given up 3 inches and 10 pounds and still just backing him down. And I've watched a the- lot of cheese games, <laughs> and Tyler Wall. Watch him like when he walks onto the court. He is this. He is barely above their guards. There is zero chance that he is above six six. No know, chance in hell. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's taller than Damask by at least two inches. No, I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he played good offensively in defense to him. Or offensively, twenty points, seven boards. He's so it wasn't like he he's was. so crafty. He's he's good. He's very very difficult to to guard, and considering he cannot shoot basically outside of the paint, it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, what he's able. To, of course, he hits his third three of the year against us. Which yeah, I mean, just there's, I, I every, know our defense every freaking game. Every our game. defense is bad, but give me a break, dude. I I can't I can't watch these guys. It's like there was somebody on Maryland too that was like hitting threes. That he was like shooting ten percent for the year, and they were just drilling threes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, happens every time. So Wall, I, I think guard was very surprised. Like I don't think guard expected Domas to just be able to to destroy Wall like he did one on one. I think that really confused them a little bit because they just had no answer at all, and and they clearly weren't planning to like double Damask, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a thing of beauty, though. All right, chaps. Captain, walking the plank. Talked a little bit about it. Who do you got? It's tough. All right. I'll go with Shannon. He's the <laughs> captain. He's... John Rothstein tweeted out something, uh, I think, yesterday, that basically, like, the top four spots for first team all american are locked up um it was Edie, it was it was caleb blanking right? on no he uh, um rj davis rj davis that's what i was missing uh zach Edie, the kid <clears throat> from tennessee right what connect? connect yes thank you dalton connect and uh and shed on houston Oh yeah, uh, Jamal Shed, Jamal Shed. I can't remember how to say it, but Shed on uh, Houston was was the other one, and he's like basically the four, the fifth one is is you know up for grabs. Um, 
I, I don't understand how anyone could be above Taryn Shannon. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm not biased at all, but <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I mean, if you look at the replies, too, like 80% of it was like Shannon, obviously. And I know yeah. Illini Twitter is very vocal, um, but I don't I don't see how there's anybody that you could really put above him. There's There's very few people that have the numbers that he does uh and the impact that he does on on every game so i'm hoping that he he gets that because it it would be very well uh deserved i know there's a lot of media members that are gonna basically just refuse to put him on any of their ballots for any of the postseason awards and stuff um that's so i i it makes that that i don't understand at all yeah, it's not. It's not. You their, can't separate. It's not their it's freaking best. job. It's yeah, not their yeah. job to judge, like, you know, moral and immoral, right or wrong. Like, just watch the games. You know. Yeah, it's it's. It, you're judging his on the court performance, which has been just unbelievable. So, he is the captain of the ship, and he is going to hopefully drive us deep into March. But so, Shaps, so, real quick before you go to captain. Before you go to plank, <laughs> before you go to the plank, so I think we can all agree that he finally hit his stride at Ohio State because before then he had that game of Rutgers that was his first one back at Northwestern and Indiana he was not himself. It was very obvious in those games. Ohio State twenty three points, Nebraska eighteen, Michigan State twenty eight twenty eight. Michigan, 31, Maryland, 27, Penn State, career high, 35, Iowa, 12, but he didn't need to score against Iowa. That was the Coleman game. Minnesota, 29, Wisconsin, 23. I mean, that's that's unreal. Has he scored in double figures every game? Um, Yes. I think, I, I think they mentioned last night where uh, his streak was at like 30 games or something. I mean, this is how. How do you stack uh, TJ's season up to Io's first team? I mean, the offensive output I feel like is 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 way higher. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's so hard to compare. Um, their games are there's some similarities, but they're also you know very different as well. I mean, Io was just like an assassin, you know, like he would just yeah. kind of, he, he would just beat you in so many different ways. And like, and Shannon is just so physical and like, you just you don't want to get near him defensively. You know, you just see him coming and there's just nothing you can do about it because you're not going to stand in front of him. Yeah. There's just no chance. And he's, he's just such, train. yeah, he's just such a unique, unique player. Um, and he's just so much fun to watch, uh, with the ball in his hands. I mean, we all love IO of course. And, uh, and I, I think Taryn Shannon deserves to get his number, uh, you know, in the rafters too, for being a first team all American. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's, uh, he should be a first teamer and it should be uh, unanimous in my opinion. Again, we're not biased, but <laughs> I think it's nope. pretty clear. All right, who are you planking? All right. Um, I had to think about this one. 
but we did have something come up in the news that that helped me uh, decide on this. So I'm I'm having Jay Billis walk the plank. <laughs> Billis, what was you this? see this one? No, I missed this one. This was this was like last week where uh, where the court storming was was oh, you know God. top yeah. uh, top headline news. After uh, Kyle Filipowski got, you know, clipped on the uh, on the Wake Forest court storming, yeah, yeah, and then people thought like, oh, he's done, he's out, like he's out for the season, and he did not miss a single practice or a single game. <laughs> uh, Jay Billis was on some show one one of the morning ESPN shows, I think, and and they were asking him his opinion on the court storming. And he he's always said, like, I don't I don't care. Like, I'm not going to, you know, if you like court storming, then sure, go for it. But his his idea was basically that you he could you if they wanted to stop court storming tomorrow, they could do it. You let them all onto the court. And then you detain them. Or and you or you give them citations for being on the court. <laughs> I had to listen to this like ten times to make sure he either wasn't joking or misspoke or if I missed something. But that makes no sense at all. So he's it's... saying you can't stop them from coming onto the court, but somehow you are going to keep ten thousand students on the court. And they're gonna, I don't know, line up single file to receive <laughs> their citation. Paddy wagon a- after the game. Haven't you ever been on the paddy wagon? <laughs> with ten with ten thousand students <laughs> after a court storming, I think they would just laugh in your face and and walk away because I I don't think you have enough security. Again, the idea just makes no sense, like realistically. Because if you can't stop them from coming onto the court, how could you keep them on the court and and give them tickets or put them, you know, in the in the sin bin? So I, I, it makes no sense at all. Jay Billis sounded like such an idiot for saying it. There is no, I mean, I I understand the debate. You don't. It sucks to be a player when you're getting stormed and like it is. It is dangerous. Like somebody can absolutely get hurt. Usually it's the fans getting hurt though, and it's almost never a player getting hurt. Yeah. All the ideas for stopping card storming are so bad. <laughs> I'm I've yet to hear a good way to stop it other than you just stop it. You don't let them on the court. You just get enough security and like a few might get through, but if you want to stop it, you just don't let them on the court and you prepare for it. But some of the ideas are so funny. They're like, what if we put a shot clock at the end of the game? Yeah. Uh, you know, like and, and, and it, a shot clock. it's a, it's a you, one you minute. Kid, yeah. It's a one minute timer. A, a bunch of drunk yes. college kids are going to wait for a shot. Clock. Yes. So the game is going to end. You just knocked off, you know, the number one team in the country on your home court and you're going to s- Stand there and watch a, a one-minute clock tick down to get all the players safely off the field. <laughs> then they are going to release you, and then Especially you're going to run and celebrate. After a buzzer beater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that And that, that part never crosses their mind, too, when the people that are like, this seems like a perfectly good idea. Like, well, 
Why? Why? Do yeah, maybe if so you're much? up by ten and the game is out of hand, but maybe. you know what happens most of the time for court stormings? It's like a buzzer beater shot, and it's yeah. a rea- instant reaction. So, uh, good luck with that one. But yeah, Jay Billis just Billis with is planked the, with the with the dumbest take of all time. Jay Billis, the voice of college basketball. <laughs> He's planked. I mean, it's just who cares? This thing we. Court storming's been around forever. Why? It's not a big deal. Nobody's gotten hurt this year. There's been two fake injuries. And it's because those teams have lost, so they're bitter in the press conference after. And then then, they're just looking for something to blame, and the kids are having a good time. It's just enough. Let let the kids storm the court. It's it's not an issue. And Billis went on Pardon My Take. He was a good sport about it, actually, and they were just ripping him apart. Oh, really? Yeah, and hit and he he took it though. He was yeah. he was funny actually, but and I I like Jay Billis, uh, but his like another point that he was trying to make for his argument was that you don't need court storming, and I tend to agree with that. Like it's not going to change the sport if they just did away with it. Yeah, but it is one of the cool things and unique, you know, about yeah, it's about fun. college sports. And his whole thing was like, well, have you ever been to a game at Kansas? You know, like they don't they don't storm the court. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. Why would they storm the court? They're the winningest program of all time. Like, yeah, blue bloods don't storm the court. Yeah. We know, Jay, like horrible, horrible argument to back up your even worse take. So, yeah, yeah. Not every not every school is Kansas. So, yeah, oh, so bad. not not a great analogy. <laughs> All right, chefs. Here's mine. My captain. Right. I am going to go Coleman Hawkins as my captain. It would have been TJ. I think he's he's the guy. You said it well. But Coleman Hawkins, if we're going to make a Final Four run, we need Coleman's best. And he's probably been his best for 80, 80% of the games. And then he'll throw in a clunker like the Penn State game. Um, nobody's perfect. You're going to have bad games. But if we want a Final Four run, he's got to play. He's he's almost got to be perfect because how much he means to this team when he's hitting his threes, when he's playing elite defense. I know he gets beat up a little bit in the post. I don't think that's his fault. I think that's Brad's scheme, which... That's a whole nother conversation, which I just will never understand how he lets these guys go one-on-one consistently with Coleman. I'm almost happy with this, and we're going to talk about it with the Purdue preview, but I'm almost happy we're playing Edie because we know right away that we're not going to be able to single cover post, so we don't have to watch it happen for a half. We could just immediately double. Um, But Hawkins, he's been awesome this year, and... I could go without the antics of the calls that cost us a putback. I don't know if you remember that play yesterday. He was con- he he got hacked. I think it was very it was very clear to everybody. You're not going to get every call. Him especially, he seems to not get the calls that other people do, and it's probably because of the way he reacts. Um, and he would have been right there for a tipped ball for an easy layup. Instead, he was facing the ref complaining, and that's the type of stuff that he. I don't know why he continues to just put his hands up after every call. They just just get it out of your game, Coleman. Get it out of your game. You're an unbelievable player. One of the Illini greats stayed here four years. Illini Nation loves the kid. J- 
just get that out of your game. And he can do something that hasn't been done for, what is it, 19 years now? Take this team back to a Final Four, and he will be at the top of the list for making that happen. Coleman Hawkins, my captain, my plank. What are your thoughts on that, Shabs? Yeah, just to react, um, we all know how important Hawkins is, and and it's the only thing holding him back from from being a great player is yeah above the shoulders. You know, yep. his, he he he's a head case. Unfortunately, he's it's a roller coaster ride with him almost every game. Even if he's having a great game, he's gonna do something. And it's usually just going to be complaining about a call in the middle of a play and, and not getting back on defense or not going for a rebound. It's it's incredibly frustrating to watch. It's why I said he was one of my least favorite players ever at the start of the season because he was the only one holding himself back from from his potential. And I'm I'm glad we've seen the improvement from him. Like this is what we always wanted was was like a confident. Coleman we knew he was he was very skilled and we, we heard about it every offseason from the coaches like oh Coleman Hawkins is elite he's an elite shooter he's an elite defender and we never saw it this year we are finally seeing it but there's still just that hump that he cannot get over and it's it's the zebras and I, I hate <laughs> the zebras as much as anyone uh Big Ten officials are absolutely atrocious at their job night in and night out but it doesn't matter if I'm yelling at them from my couch. He's on the court yelling at them in the middle of a play, and that's that just cannot happen. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be good for him to get away from Big Ten refs, and he won't like know them, and he can't uh, yell at them, and they won't know him. You know, maybe the reputation thing. Uh, but but yeah, we know he he he's so incredibly important. But if he's picking up technicals, which again, speaking of what, one of what the dumbest, yeah, one of the dumbest rules. What? So the, yesterday there was a play going into the commercial. It looked like the ref teed him up, and then they came back out of it, and it wasn't a tee. Do you do really? you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, "Oh, that's his fourth foul or something," because I thought they did tee him up, but but they didn't have the free throws. They must have waved it off. I wonder if they uh, went yeah, to the monitor. I, I don't know. Yeah, something. Something weird happened on that one, but yeah, I think it's the dumbest rule. One of the dumbest rules in college basketball is that you get a personal foul for for a technical. Um, and but for Coleman Hawkins, that is that's such a huge impact because you know he's always going to be flirting with with yeah. the foul troubles Those because of the way he plays defensively. He's he's going against bigger guys a lot of the time. He does that kind of slap down thing. That sometimes the refs will call, and if he's if you're throwing a technical into the mix, all of a sudden he's going from two fouls to three fouls or three to four, and just can't happen because there's really nobody behind him that that we can rely on. Shaps, is he still your most hated Illini player? We'll see. Oh, don't do it, Shaps. He's not. Admit it. He's been awesome this year. <laughs> I want to hear it from you. He's been awesome. He has call been awesome. Spade, call a spade a spade, Shaps. He has been awesome. I still hate him, though. <laughs> we'll, see, uh, we'll see. We'll see. What he? We'll he's see gonna, what he does. He's gonna throw thirty on week. Edie tomorrow. I cannot wait. Or on Tuesday. 
It's going to be sweet, Shad. He's the only. He's the only way that we can beat Purdue. Basically, is to have good Coleman. He's. It's uh, going to we'll, happen. We'll, we'll talk about the preview, but. All right, here's my plank. The old Brad Underwood walking the plank. <laughs> You're looking at the newest member of the Pede, Shaps. <laughs> Brad is back, new and improved in-game adjustments. He's figured it out. I I'm excited to see the show he puts on this March. So I, I I'm back all in on Brad. No Goody at the end of the games. Goody's minutes he's been under eight, which it's more of a reflection of it's good coaching. Goody has not been good, so he uh, Brad's making the right moves. And if I'm Brad on Tuesday, I know you really don't want to mess with starting lineups, but I would I would start Harmon over Ty. And and we're gonna get into the Purdue preview. I'll explain why when we get there, but. That that would show me it should truly show me some change in our guy Brad. What are you still at the Armory Shaps? That's uh, you were not not a happy man a couple weeks ago on the huddle. Yeah, I really I blame him. I I blame Jr. Jr. is a jinx man. That's true. I'm yeah, gonna get back on there whenever, and I'm gonna tell him he's a jinx. We also got to get Jack Stonian on here. I love Jackson. Shout out <laughs> Jackson. Jacksonian. That, that that dude's a legend, man. I, I'm Truly. very, very nervous if we play Grand Canyon, by the way. We're gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna get eat up like a chicken nugget. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> Such a legendary. Can we insert the the flipper, you know, theme song for you too? <clears throat> uh, into this one. Uh I hope I hope the old Brad is gone. We all do. The squad and the peed want the same thing. And uh, uh and if he gets us to the second weekend, we will we will be sewn in. There's you know there's what no I'm saying about, about Brad Sheps, he's the anti Kanye. Everyone misses the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Straight from the gold Kanye. Chop up the soul Kanye. Nobody's gonna miss the old Brad. That's a great I've been listening to old Kanye lately. <laughs> In the car, I kind of swore him off for a long time. Yeah, well, I don't uh, because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but my God, he's such a genius! <laughs> it's, it's it's just so good. It's just so good listening to those old songs. Oh, Shaps! All right. Well, speaking of bread, Big Ten. Coach of the year. I, I, I got a little bit of a bone to pick. I actually should have planked some of these people tweeting. I think there's the Big Ten boys. There's a couple other Big Ten people on Twitter. And Brad's not even part of the polls. I mean, Never. give me a break. It, it doesn't, that legit, I know, like, Brad has his flaws, right? We talk about it all the time. But overall, for me, in college basketball, as a college basketball coach, recruiting, being a general manager, is part of the job. So, honestly, like, if Matt Painter wins the award, I'm fi- I would be fine every year if whoever wins a Big Ten, they, the coach gets Big Ten of the Year award. Like, why, is, why does Matt Painter... Someone needs to explain to me why Matt Painter gets penalized for recruiting Zach Eady, who was... What was... What recruit, he was, like, in the 200s, right? D- 
developing him, convincing him to stay, being the best player in the country. Um, but now that you have Zach Eady, you can't win Big Ten of the Year award. To me, it's a two-coach race. It's Matt Painter and it's Brad Underwood. And the only reason I'm giving Brad Underwood a chance is if you take Zach Eady out of five games for Purdue in the Big Ten, who wins the Big Ten, Chaps, if Zach Eady doesn't play five games in the Big Ten? I think that would be the boys in the orange and blue. So why why does Brad get penalized for Shannon missing five games? And that one of them was against Purdue. Not saying we would have won, but basically what happened was Purdue gets to face Illinois. Illinois doesn't have Shannon. They have Edie. And let's flip that. Let's take Edie off Purdue and let's give Shannon to Illinois. And who wins that game? I don't think we lose that game. I know it's in at Mackey, but we don't lose that game. So I'm I'm actually kind of pissed by this and <laughs> the lack of, uh, the disrespect of Brad Underwood and the fact that I, I I get the net rankings, all the quad wins, all that stuff. We don't have the greatest resume in terms of like top wins. But we also had six games without our best player. You take your best player off any team in the country for six games, and they're going to be in a lot worse shape than Illinois Illinois is. And that's that's a credit to Brad Underwood. I'm sorry. The, the fact that he figured out how to play offense without him, we're not losing to Maryland at home without Shannon. That's not happening. Not, it's 0% chance we lose that game. And if we have that win right now, we're we're actually in an argument. I think we're easily on the three line and we're talking, trying to get into a two seed. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The coach of the year award basically just means which team over performed based on bullshit preseason yeah, rankings I'm... that don't actually mean anything. Means and it's not it, it. So like it, it's just based on nothing instead of, who actually did the best in the off season? Who built the best team, and who is meeting or exceeding expectations? It shouldn't be because, you know, oh, like Wisconsin, you know, they they don't have a lot of good players, and so Greg Gard should win it every year. Yeah, and it's like, like what? That's part of Gard being <clears throat> not a great coach. Yeah, it's yeah, and Gard was Gard had the award one at the end of January and yeah. and we see what what's happened now if you want to give it to painter okay whatever they're they were expected to be one of the best teams in the country and they are one of the best teams but I'm not penalizing so, them for that chaps why no would they... I I agree um but yeah the fact that Brad always just gets kind of thrown aside when this season is clearly his best coaching job of any of them um and he he brought in players from the portal and identified talent, which like was not like we were not blown away by anyone he got in no. the portal. We were actually very disappointed. But clearly, Marcus Damask is going to be <laughs> yeah. what second team probably all Big I, Ten, if not first. Like, <clears throat> yeah, at least second. He he'll be I think solid second team. I don't think he'll be first. No, I don't think so. But unless he takes Shannon's first team, nobody votes for him. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's morally uh, above Shannon in yeah. the uh, final vote tallying, but it's yeah. I, I don't think it's it's particularly fair just because 
it it's just based on made up expectations from the start of the season. You know, I I don't really know who else would get consideration. You know, Fred Hoiberg, I guess, yeah, would be in the discussion there. Um, but again, all these teams are are well behind Illinois. Uh, Northwestern's, oh my God, they might be down three starters now. Kind of feel bad for them. They might be missing the tournament if they if they lose another game or two. Northwestern, you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Collins, that was a huge win. I, they just lost at home against Iowa, but they won on the road. Oh. Um, who did they beat on the road without Barry and um, the other kid? They were down. That was when Martinelli scored like twenty seven. They won at Maryland, yeah. That was a huge win. Last week. Um, Maryland is, oh my God, did you see that, that was, game today? Dude, that could kill us. Are, are they going to drop now? They might drop out of uh, a quad one <laughs> win for us. It's, that was one of yeah. the most horrible, like I know Illinois at Penn State was a disaster, but they were this this Maryland team was up by 15 points in the second half. What and Indiana happened? went on like a 17-0 run basically and and got like they ended up blowing them away it was it was insane they like Maryland went about 10 minutes without scoring a point yeah uh but anyways so yeah, Shep, like you were saying know. like yeah. Hoiberg I, like he's done awesome i agree but the best they could do is 12 wins in the big time so it's like we're going to give them the award for winning 12 games to go 12 and 8 expectations are right. no expectations you know what i mean like that's that doesn't outweigh the fact that painter is gonna win 16 games and win the big 10 you know what i mean because they had expectations so i i just wanted to make that point yeah if we beat purdue on tuesday brad should get the award i'll give it to him We'll give him the Java Men Coach of the Year award if he good, beats Purdue. Good segue, Shaps. <clears throat> Let's yeah. talk. Although I, I still think that Jake Diebler should be uh, Diebler. In the discussion. Does Ohio State somehow the can they somehow make the tournament? <laughs> no, right? Uh, if they win the Big Ten tournament, yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Shaps. Who do you start against Purdue? Uh. Well, we'll start the usual guys. I don't think that's going to change necessarily. What would you, if you're coaching, would you start Ty? Yeah, yeah. I'm not changing. I'm not changing anything. Um, it worked. I mean, we nearly. It's actually crazy. We we played them exactly two months ago to the day. Oh really? Uh, yeah. On on Tuesday, it's it was like January fifth or whatever. <clears throat> Uh, and we'll be playing them on March 5th. And I was looking back at that game a little bit. Remember, Edie was in foul trouble for most yeah. of that game, yep. too, which is pretty rare. He only had 10 points. Um, but it was the role guys on Purdue that killed us, like Kaufman Wren, of course, had yeah. a career-high 20-something points, and, and Lance Jones uh, had a big game. Who was Kaufman? But, who who's guarding Kaufman Wren? Do you remember? Do they have Coleman? Like, was do they have Q on him? Uh, it, it is an interesting match. I mean, they, we're gonna be <laughs> they're they're gonna score a lot of points on us. I, I just don't know. Should be a high scoring. <laughs> the over under might be like two ten. Um, 
<laughs> we didn't have Terrence Shannon though in that game, yeah. obviously. Um, Demas what was the had final a good game? Uh, it it was close in the end because uh, Purdue was basically winning that game pretty comfortably, like most of the game, and then we closed on a big run and 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 made it close and made it only like a a two possession. At one point, we made it a three point game actually, yeah. but they made some free throws I think down the stretch. And won by I want to say it was five. Um, yeah, so we had a big comeback at, at the end, which is actually like exactly how the game went last year. Yeah, uh, too. But Damask had twenty six points. Q had eighteen and ten. Oh wow! Um, so we we did give them a good battle, and I I really do think that we probably win that game if everything else like goes the same, and we have Taryn Shannon. Um, I think we probably win that game because with Edie spending that much time on the bench, um, Shannon would have just been going to the hole at will uh, against them. So you can't rely on Edie getting in foul trouble again, obviously. Um, you never you never know how the Zebras are going to call him. Um, and so I, I think we just, I think we stick with what we know. We got to, just continue to ride this offense. We're not going to get stops on them. Not really. Edie's probably going to have a huge game. We can't have Hawkins getting into foul trouble. I mean, the question is always, you know, do you do you send bodies at Edie and, and risk leaving their three-point shooters open? You kind of have to hope that they just miss shots. Too. Yeah. Like if they're hot from three, you're you have no chance of of really beating them. Um but if you can try to keep Braden Smith out of the lane, run those three point shooters, you can't let guys like, you know, fucking Mason Gillis uh get hot. From, Gillis Gillis yeah, had Mason, he must... Mason Shane Gillis. <laughs> he must lead the league. In wide open three pointers. Every time <laughs> yeah. I see him shoot, there is not no one near ten feet of the guy. Yeah, I think he's shooting like sixty percent from three <laughs> because there, there's no one ever on him. Um, so it <clears throat> it usually is those guys that that beat you. You know, not really yeah. Edie. Um, Chaps, you're gonna like this. So I I pulled up the article from that game and literally the third paragraph. Kaufman Rand made eight out of twelve shots, including a rare three pointer <laughs> to briefly blunt Illinois as it was trying to erase a twenty one point deficit. Of course, Kaufman Rand hit a three in that game. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, he killed us. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be interesting with with you know such a dynamic offense. Now, it's you you got to beat them on the offensive end because you're really not going to stop an offense like Purdue, especially with how horrible our defense is anyways. But you got to spread the floor. You got to make Zach Eady come out of the paint. And uh, and and that's how we can beat them, is just basically outscoring them uh, at home. And you hope they have, you know, a slightly off shooting night. Um, and uh, and that's kind of the best hope that, <laughs> you, that you really can... Uh, can have you have to play nearly perfect to be Purdue. Yeah. It's very very hard to do. Well, that if you remember why we made that run in the second half, it's because Brad put five shooters on the court. 
And I think that's how you neutralize Edie. That's why I, I, I get it. I, I think you got to start the same. So you run Ty out there, but I just get nervous that it's going to be a carbon copy. Purdue's going to run out to a fast lead. And wh- why spot them the points? Why just not start Harmon and see what happens and bring Ty in off the bench? You have five shooters. You have Hawkins, Q, TJ, Damask, and Harmon. And you bring Edie, whoever Edie is guarding, you just you bring him out of the lane. You just put him in a corner. It's probably going to be, who does Edie guard in that lineup? Q? Well, yeah, that's the thing, obviously, is is if you have Ty on the court, Edie's going to be guarding him, right? Exactly. Like they did last time. So I, I can understand that. Brad's obviously not going to change the starting lineup. He never does. Um Tyler needs he, to pull Brad aside and say, <laughs> you are not the old Brad Underwood anymore. This is the new Brad, Shaps. This is be amazing. The new Brad. It'd be amazing. He just loves, you know, his rotations. Like he loves having Harmon be the spark sort of off but the wh- bench. We know we know it's not a good matchup. We know that Edie's gonna be on tie and Edie is gonna suck up the lane, which goes against everything we wanna do. We wanna post up the mask. We want to get him in isolation. You won't be able to do that. You want to get TSJ in isolation. You won't be able to do that. So if you know that it's a mismatch, if you have five shooters, and you're not losing anything defensively, in my opinion, what, just just go to it. Why? Why do we have to get down? It sucks. It sucks. Because you're right. We are we are going to be down like 12 to 4, you know, at the first... And then he, and the he's going to pull time. You know, TV timeout, and then... And then he'll he'll make the switch. I'm sure um, he will adjust <laughs> in game, and uh, and and Ty will probably not get much run in in the second half. But God, yeah, I don't know. I I would love if they actually did design something though, because I think Ty can still be effective. You got to have him like in that like low post kind of yeah. corner, you know, like even start him out like near the three point line. And then if you get penetration to the free throw line, you know, you, you draw Edie out to help. Yeah. And that's when you get the backdoor Ty Rogers cut. Um, and he will then pass up the layup to throw it <laughs> out to a, to a, a three shooter. point shooter. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. I mean, if Domas backs in, hypothetically, right, Edie's going to be standing there. The, the problem is, at least in my opinion, Edie's just too big. Because if large. Edie helps, he could still, like, body up tie. You know what I mean? So it's not as easy as just, like, oh, here comes the double team, or, like, Edie is going to be able to help on Domas and then just getting the ball to a Rogers, that's like really hard. And yeah. Rogers just has a really hard time finishing on Edie because of his size. Because <laughs> he's, he's rather large. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. But I just know that it was the same thing last year with Dane in the second half. We took out Dane and then they couldn't stop us. I honestly just like for this matchup, you just, you got to play the other team's weakness. And I would start Harmon, and I would spread him out. I honestly, I would even 
like Damask has been lights out with him in the booty ball, but I won't even do that. I would do Hawkins pick and roll with TSJ every play. That's all I would do. That's all I would run because I think Edie is so exposed. I'm assuming that in that matchup that Hawkins, that Edie guards Hawkins. If it's Q, then I'd run a pick and roll Q. Even better because Q's better at, at slashing. Mm. And yeah, pick and pop, you know. Pick and pop. And I, I think the three is going to be there all day for Coleman at the top of the key. I, I, I just, this is why I think Purdue's going to have a hard time in the tournament. <laughs> I mean, that's why they always do. Yeah. Just get five shooters. That's not every team has five shooters. We do. Mm-hmm. Use it. It's a matchup. Use it. I don't know, this man. This is the team. I this literally, I don't, I, I think they would have such a hard time just guarding the pick and roll with Shannon and Hawkins if you have five shooters on the court. Yeah, we have the team that can outscore Purdue. We can't. Because they would have to, I, I mean, what what do they do in that situation? ED hedges? But then when the Coleman be open for a three? And if he yeah, doesn't hedge and he yeah. gets down, TSJ gets downhill past ED, and then it's yeah, game over. Exactly. That he, yeah, ED has to make a decision, uh, and and you force him to make that decision. And we have the players that can beat whatever they throw at us. Uh, so I like our chances. Honestly, this will be the biggest win that we've had probably in. Two seasons. Does it get us on the three line? It it puts us on that that cut like that three four cut basically, and then depending on you know you get you still got to win at Iowa, which won't be easy because Iowa's going to yeah. be fighting for their tournament life literally. Um, if Iowa beats us next week, like they they might very well be in the tournament. Um, yeah, it's a huge you know, game. might be a, a yeah, might be a like a play-in game for them. So I'm I'm nervous about that game as well. But this would be just a massive, massive win, by far the biggest win of this. I mean, considering Wisconsin, the win at Wisconsin yesterday was our biggest win of the season. Yeah, uh, says a lot about our resume so far. Uh, the Purdue win would be our biggest win, I think, in in two at least since. UCLA in Vegas, but this would be yeah, that's a, what a I was much thinking. bigger. This would be a much bigger win than that. I, I was think. thinking UCLA though, Shaps. I, I would say um I would say the biggest win since at Michigan. Without Io. Yeah. Because Michigan was number two and we won by thirty. <laughs> the, Extend Juwan. It's all been downhill from from there for uh <laughs> Poor Juwan. Shabs, give me a line and a prediction. I'm bad at this. Sorry, Jubes. Um, all right. I, I looked back. Purdue was 10-point favorite. Without Two months ago, TSJ at home. Yeah, it obviously at Mackey without Shannon on the road with Shannon. I think Purdue lays 
four and a half. So you think uh, you think they're gonna be favored by four and a half? I think it's gonna be like a think- minus minus one. I-, I was almost gonna go pick them, Shab. I know. Well, I know you. How, which way you lean? Always. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the the in like the the three and a half to to five range. I don't. I don't think it'll be that high. I think like three and a half to four and a half would be my best guess. But again, I'm really bad at this. I, I'm going to pick them, and I'm going. <laughs> I'm going 100 to 90, Illini. Hundo spot on Mr. Edie, Mr. Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. That's a joke, too. If he wins Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, that's a joke. That's that's only because Big Ten offenses can't shoot at all. Because if this was a conference full of shooters, Zach Edie is not winning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, give it. We give me a dub, can, Shabs. Give me a dub. We can win. We can win. <laughs> this is the team. We have the offense to outscore Purdue. We finally do. So Illinois wins ninety-eight. <laughs> these, these scores are hysterical. <laughs> 98 to 92. There we go. I like Illinois it. You're right around mine, Chad. We hit our free throws to close it out. Oh, man. Slap that fucking goatee right off of Braden Smith's face. I, I hate Some that facial guy. hair is so bad. Some really bad facial hair. The shorts, on. too. Something about his shorts. Like, he wears them too high. Like, his torso is too small like for the rest of his body or something, or the shorts are too high and it makes his torso look very like <laughs> compact. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe maybe Nico gets some run. I would like that. I would love that too because they can, they'll try to pre- they'll try to pressure for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Morton, they'll bring that that guy in just to like you know, hand check his ass all all up and down the court, never get called for anything. So I yeah, I'd like to see Nico just slice and dice. You know, like maybe he could like dribble one through Edie's legs. Yeah. You know? And then dish it off to uh to Ty Rogers for a slam <laughs> or a cue for a slam. That would be a dream come true. Seven o'clock game Tuesday. Where can I find it, Shaps? on the cock of course the 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 biggest fucking game of the entire season where can we find it any final thoughts any final thoughts before we sign off (laughs) undie is improving the arrows pointing up we will not miss the old brad chaps Big We're sewn in. Horizon. We're sewn We're in. in. We're gonna double. We're finally gonna beat Purdue. It's the gonna squad happen. is standing back, standing, standing by. by. <laughs> Let's we see believe, it. We we trust. We trust. This is the team. This is the team. 
That's right. All right, man. Well, it was a good one tonight. We'll get back at it next week. This is the Java Men Fighting Illini podcast. I-L-L. Happy birthday, Spinny. I and I. Yeah, it's time to walk the plank. <laughs>